Okay, yeah. So I was I was leaving basketball this weekend, and there was just a turtle in the middle of the road, right? And I was I had to do something. I had to save the turtle. Like, I could not see my turtle buddy get murdered. So I I drove past it at first. I was like, "What is that?" And then I was like, "Oh shoot, that's a turtle." So I drove up a little bit further further up the road where I could turn around. So I turned around and I pulled in the grocery shop parking lot. And I ran out into the street, and there was another guy who was backing up his convertible. He was trying to save the turtle, too. I, like, run out in the road, and I'm like, I got it, I got it, I got it. And I pick up the turtle, and I'm like, all right, turtle, we're going to get you where you want to go. So I took him over, and I set him in this really tall grass. And then I was like, that's probably not good for you. So I picked him up again, and I put him in some shorter grass and went on with my day. And I felt really good about it. And so, I don't know, felt good knowing I saved a turtle's life. Anyway, thank you. He did not say thank you. He actually Damn. never came out of his shell while I was still there. So hopefully I didn't scare him too bad, but I was just trying to protect the big <laughs> homie. Anyways, you're listening to Top of the Hill. You should be listening to this. It's Wednesday, June 16th, 2021, and we're back to cover the sports world. Let's get into it. Hello, Logan Hill, your host, Top of the Hill, joined by my co-host, Tyler Kirk. And I just told you my turtle story. How are you doing today, Tyler? I'm good. I'm How's ready to play some been? ball. Ready to play some ball? Yeah, yes, going to go play basketball after we get this boy recorded. So you're probably listening to this on Wednesday. We're recording on Tuesday, just to let you know, in case anything we say is drastically wrong by this time <laughs> Which tomorrow. Which it probably will be. Honestly, yeah. So before we even get into the show today, I have to come out and say that I have never been right about a take Ever. Top of the hill take. Okay, I was... Okay, we'll get to that. We'll yeah. get to that. I was right about a top of the hill take, and I might have been right about one before, but I know that I was right about this one. Anyways, I said on our last episode that it looked like the Jazz were just going to sweep the Clippers. I said it looked like the Clippers had been playing well, but the Jazz were just always going to have enough to beat them. The Clippers have won the last two, both in LA. They beat the Jazz handedly in both of those games. Mm-hmm. So that hurts. That hurts the ego a little bit, but hey, I mean, you got to practice your takes until you get them all right. Let's get right into it, NBA playoff talk. Let's start, though, with what has become the most hotly contested matchup, the most interesting matchup of the second round, and that's the Milwaukee Bucks and the Brooklyn Nets. So they played last night. The Bucks took another game and snotted up at two apiece, and Kyrie Irving went down with an ankle injury. Is this a legacy series for KD now? No. Someone asked me that the other day, or yesterday, and no, I don't think it is. I, I think it, it has become more so. Why? I think so because now if Kyrie's out and Harden's not playing, it's to the point where it's like KD almost in this. And I read this on Twitter too, and I, I agreed with the take is it's almost like how LeBron gets talked about, how he's got to like carry the whole team on his back. Like this is KD's new team after he won his rings with the Warriors and stuff, after he went and yeah. made the greatest villain super team in the NBA for like three years or whatever. Now he's back with Brooklyn, and it's like if you win this series, you're – you're that guy. You've seen the TikToks like, you're not that guy, pal. You're not that guy. If KD wins this series now without the help of Kyrie or Harden, that guy. he is that guy because his next best help is Joe Harris, who's a great spot-up shooter. Oh, Don't yeah. get me wrong. Amazing. You have, uh, what is it, Bruce Brown? Oh, yeah, number one. I think it, yeah, I think it's is, Bruce yeah. Brown. And so, like, Blake that's Griffin. your piece. You got Blake Griffin. How did I forget about Blake Griffin? But it's just, like, you lose Harden. 
top two at his position in the mm-hmm. league. Kyrie top five at his position mm-hmm. in the league. So it does oh. become a legacy series, but it's also like I, I don't know. I don't know uh, exactly. Uh, the thing is though, like that's sports Twitter who Exactly. Who, no, that's the thing that I need to always like check myself with yeah. is it is so easy to get yourself just wrapped up in yeah. what sports Twitter is thinking. Exactly. But I don't know. I do think it becomes a bigger series for Kevin Durant but to kind of prove is, that he's the second best player in the league. Yeah. Him and LeBron, I think you would argue. But here's the thing. Like, I know you're not as big of a LeBron fan as I am, but if this happened to LeBron, which it has in the past, I don't think it it affects his legacy at all. But, of course, if you go on Twitter, everyone's like, oh, True. Bron can yeah. win without AD, you know what I mean? That's a good point. So that's why I'm saying I don't think it affects – I think it helps a little bit if he, if he does close out the series, but I don't think it affects him. Now, if he if he plays terrible, that's a different that, story. Yeah, that's a whole different, different story. story. But if he plays good, you know, puts up 25, 30 points a game like he's been doing, and they lose, I don't think it affects him at all. So they're going back to Brooklyn now. Brooklyn has the home court for a pivotal – Pivotal game five after knotting it up. Kyrie's status is undetermined as of right now. So he didn't break it, so it's a no, sprain. sprain. apparently, yeah. And then it looked like he broke it though. Did you see the replay? Yeah. Well it was scary. wasn't it um Giannis like took his like landing space away kind um, of? Um I don't think no, it was just him coming down the jump. And okay. his like ankle literally just like it looked like it snapped because it was like all the way sideways. But yeah. Um, another interesting storyline that's come up out of this whole series, P.J. Tucker and Kevin Durant's beef. I, I did not know before the series started. Um, both former Texas Longhorns. They yeah, were literally, I didn't know that either. Literally an inch away from kissing each other that <laughs> one were, night. That one, who posted it? Was it SportsCenter on I, Twitter? I think so. Yeah, I was like, so this is from this official NBA buzz on Twitter. P.J. Tucker's proved he's a lockdown defender in Game 4 because he held Kevin Durant to 9 points on 3-for-12 field goals made mm-hmm. when guarding him. Durant shot 9-for-25. So like you said, if he plays terribly, like this can mm-hmm. become a, a legacy questioner. And there's my dogs in the background. <laughs> Trying to get in the podcast. Uh, one day we'll get this studio soundproofed. <laughs> one of these days. But, um, yeah, so... I don't know. It's an interesting series. And then enjoy this sound while I go make sure my dogs <laughs> respect the podcast. Okay, sorry about that Cody, Izzy, and Tucker interruption. <laughs> they just they got to have their fun every day, too. But, yeah, just closing thoughts on the Bucks and the Nets. This went from a series where it looked like the Nets were just going to take care of business to potentially the most interesting series out of the three left going on. Tyler can't see out of his yeah, I had left in my eye. Contact. That was crazy. But so yeah, so I don't know. I hopefully Kyrie comes back, and if Kyrie can't come back, hopefully Harden can play, because it would just be as much as everybody hates the Nets, and it's all oh, the Nets are just going to win the finals. You don't want to see them lose. That you don't want to see them yeah. go out sad, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, but Apparently, hey, Harden's status got upgraded to doubtful tonight instead of like out. This man has the most mysterious injury in NBA I know. History. I don't even know what he's injured for. I think it's his hamstring or something. Probably. I don't even know. Um, But, yeah, so the only benefit of it, if the Nets do go outside, is then you get to see Giannis in the Eastern Conference Finals in yeah. his moment. It would be exactly, his moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Against a very With a good— team oh, that can go far. Yeah, I was just getting ready to say against a very good Sixers team, but mm-hmm. we let's just talk about that now. Let's talk about the Sixers and the Hawks because that series is tied up at two apiece as yep. well. And— I don't know. I don't think necessarily that, excuse me, that the Hawks are going to like win this one. Mm-hmm. But I'm not going to count them out until the series mm-hmm. is over. Because yes, the Sixers' two wins have been like handedly like very good wins. 
but the Hawks just don't go away. Don't. And Trey Young is a bucket getter. I feel like I, I think we've talked about that before. Is that the highest compliment you can pay someone is just calling them a bucket, bucket getter. getter? Yeah. So like Trey Young is a bucket getter. And I saw this. I, it's just gonna sound like all we do is get our stuff off Twitter, but it's where you learn a lot too. Is <laughs> Trey Young's getting like so much hype because he's been playing so well mm-hmm. in the playoffs. The thing that nobody's talking about, his best aspect of his game is his passing. But he hasn't had to dazzle in his passing because he's been able to dazzle with his scoring. Mm-hmm. He had 18 assists last night Yep. when the Hawks took down the Sixers in Atlanta. Yep. So just a very, very good game. The Sixers had an 18-point lead in the second quarter, evaporated. Hawks win that game. I caught the very end of it. I got mm-hmm. off work, and I think the Hawks were down four, three or four, get a bucket, come back down. Trey Young got fouled. I think he had – it must have been down two. It must have been down one or something because he got. I think it was two free throws. Yeah, and so they put him up one, and then and the, then they were the Sixers up blew. Yeah, then they went up three because the Sixers blew like a offensive chance. At the oh other yeah, end. the Hawks yeah. got it back, and so mm-hmm. the Hawks got fouled, went to the line, made some free throws. But just a, it's an interesting series because it's strength against strength, but mm-hmm. the strengths is the strengths are so different. Yeah, if that's if that makes sense, because Embiid. Yeah, the Sixers' strengths are all. They're taller players. Even though Ben Simmons plays point guard, he's still what six nine, six ten, six ten, and then Embiid's six eleven or seven foot. He's got to be a seven, seven foot. I don't even know. And then of course the Hawks have Trey Young, who's like what six four, six two. You could tell me that Trey Young was five foot eleven, and I would believe you. That's the thing. The NBA is so deceiving because Embiid's seven foot even. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Why is the NBA so deceiving? Just because like the point guards and the shorter guys. You think they're so small, but in reality, like Steph Curry, Trey Young's think, six foot one. Yeah, you would think he's like a midget, but he's way taller than Whoa, both of watch us. Watch your language. I'm just man. saying. <laughs> hey, we can say that we're shorter, so I yeah, I guess um, <laughs> we're not midget height. That's but, true. Okay, back back to what we're doing. Short people height. Excuse excuse our language. Um, but yeah, so this series, I it has to go at least six now because it's two to two. Yeah, but. It would be so cool to see Trey Young just get a game seven. I know, yeah. And just kind of go crazy with it. Because that could happen. It mm-hmm. really could happen. You can't say, like, well, he's just going to get there and shoot four for 12. No, Trey Young could have 30 in the first half. He's already done it this series. He had mm-hmm. 27 in game one in the first half. So I think it's going to be a very, very crazy series. What do, what do you think? Do you think the Sixers are still just going to take this one? Or do you think it's still up in the air at this point? I don't know. I mean, last episode I said the Sixers. And then, of course, like you just said um, a couple minutes ago, that the Sixers had an 18-point lead in the second quarter. And I was on my phone and I saw it because I just got off work, I think, or something. I just got home and I saw that they were up 18. I was like, oh, this is, this is a, you know, the series is over. And then, of course, I look on my phone when it was the fourth quarter, and they were, like, down four. I was like, oh, yeah, my no. God. Okay, and that is one of the craziest things that I've learned since watching at least these NBA playoffs is – You can't count any team. No, out. exactly. No. Is We were watching the, the Jazz and the, the Clippers play last night, mm-hmm. and uh, one of my friends was like, oh, it's a, it was a 20-point game at halftime, I'm pretty sure. And he was like, oh, yeah, it it, was. it's over, it's over. And the Clippers did end up still winning the By game. Like, 15, like The Jazz but, never yeah. came back. But it's like the Jazz made their runs and they mm-hmm. got closer. Yeah. So all it takes is one team to go cold for mm-hmm. long enough, and the other with the way that the game has changed with shooting threes yeah, and exactly. just possessions and possessions and possessions. Pretty much, no lead is safe mm-hmm. because if you go cold from the floor and the other team doesn't, it could be a five point game like that. Yep. So 
that's going to be a good series. Let's move along to the West where some interesting stuff has happened. We just talked about the Jazz and the Clippers. We'll talk about them right now because they're still playing. We'll wrap up with the Suns and the Nuggets after the Suns completed the sweep. They got out the brooms. But first, let's talk about the Jazz and the Clippers. And like I said, I've never been right about a take, ever. <laughs> I said the Jazz were going to sweep because I watched Rudy Gobert win game one with a game-winning block. And then I watched them almost get come back on in game two and then just have enough left in the tank to get their buckets and make it a win. The Clippers are doing what the Clippers do. And this is what I was thinking about last night. It didn't even click for me until they were until about halfway through the game. If they win this series, if they beat the Jazz, it'll be back-to-back series that they went down 0-2 two, yeah. and they came back and That's won. what I said last podcast. I said I said they they are where they want to be because they were down 0-2 versus the Mavs. They're, so so they they're basically if they win the series, they're last year's Nuggets because they were down 3-1 in two consecutive series or yeah, two consecutive series. It was against the Jazz in the, the first round, and then the Clippers in the second yeah. round, and they came back 3-1 yeah. big times. Yeah, so uh, I agree with that. And the thing that I think I've st- finally been able to figure out, and like I said, take this at its word because I've never been right about a take ever, but if they can get a good a good scoring performance. Who, the Clippers or the? The Clippers. Okay. If they can get a good scoring performance from Paul George, because yeah. everybody wants to be pandemic P, mm-hmm. oh, he's terrible, he's washed. If you can get 30 from Paul George, and oh, then yeah. Kawhi adds, if Kawhi doesn't have 25. to shoulder, the, exactly, if Kawhi doesn't have to necessarily shoulder the entire offensive mm-hmm. load, and then you can put him defending the other team's best player, if it comes to that, if it yeah. comes to, like, we need you to go yeah. in, t- in uh, the first round. We need you to go guard Luca, or yeah, yeah, and then Donovan so then and, yeah, if we if you need Kawhi to strap up Donovan Mitchell yeah. on a handful of possessions mm-hmm. here, he can go do that because he's one of the best wing defenders in the entire exactly. league. Exactly. So I think you have good good stuff. Which there. he did last night or last game too. Paul George, he he was on fire. Exactly, he yeah. had a great game, and the Clippers, he had, he like scored or assisted on fifteen points or mm-hmm. something. It might have been all fifteen of their. Buckets exactly. in the first quarter. I don't know. It was just a great, mm-hmm. great game. It's so hard to remember the stats you just see on your t- on your Sports Center Twitter feed before like we get in the booth and record. But yeah, if he plays well, if he doesn't play like poorly, mm-hmm. that's what makes them go. Because you yeah. remember they're they're one of the true dynamic duos still out there. They mm-hmm. didn't try to add a third piece, and so if they're both clicking on all cylinders, they're a good team. They're yep. a good ball club. They have guys that can shoot threes and make three pointers. This has gone from what looked like to me in my eyes, like I said, a sweep to now one of the more interesting series left to be played out because it pits these interesting superstars that, you know how we talked about a while ago how Donovan Mitchell isn't necessarily a household name, Mm -hmm. but he is an up-and-coming star and he's a fun star to watch. So it pits him and Rudy Gobert, who's a more traditional center in what is seen as a dying position in the Mm -hmm. NBA right now. Pits those two against two great wingers in Paul George and Kawhi. So it's going to be very interesting. The best case scenario for as a fan of the sport is if it if it goes seven. Yeah. Because I would love to watch both of these teams play each other in a game. I would of seven. love to see the three series we just talked about go to seven. Oh my god, that would be awesome, wouldn't it? If they all went yeah. seven. And game the sevens sweat. are the best thing about the NBA. Yep. When it comes to the playoffs, so because the more the better, it's on the line. The more the better. Yeah. That's what I think made the playing games work so well. Yeah. Is it was almost like instant game sevens. Mm-hmm. They weren't game sevens because yeah, they were just one game, but it was the same, same atmosphere. Yeah, you exactly. know what I mean? So that's really all I have on the Jazz and the Clippers. It's been a lot of fun to watch, mm-hmm. and it the Clippers will go. Not necessarily as Kawhi goes, but as Paul George goes. I agree. The, their, their peak is when he plays well. Kawhi is going to get his buckets regardless. 
just and, a matter of what Paul George And then does. Donovan Mitchell, he just scores. Yeah, He's he a bucket getter. He is a bucket getter. Bucket getter. Let's move on. Let's talk about the only sweep from the second round. Suns and four. Suns and four. <laughs> if you haven't seen it by now, go find it on Twitter. There was a fight at Suns Nuggets game four between a pair of Nuggets fans and a Suns fan. And the two Nuggets fans, like, it kind of looked like it was over, right? And then they tried to suck. The one guy tried to sucker punch the Suns fan. Well, the Suns fan just got a hold of the guy. The Nuggets fan was in the row above the Suns fan. And the Suns fan just gets a hold of the Nuggets fan's jersey. And just, like I said, the Nuggets fan tried to sucker punch him, right? The Suns fan is just gets a hold of his jersey. And it's just one, two, three, wailing on this dude. Then he, like, gets up. And they go, they go get security, even yeah. though they started the fight. The guy is just, like, he's being held back. And he just looks at him and he yells, Suns in four! Suns in four! So, uh, supposedly, I don't know if he's found him or not, but Devin Booker was trying to find this mm-hmm. guy because it was just such a crazy, it went viral. But, yeah, that's, basically, that whole fight was how this series went. Yeah. It's the Nuggets. It was, yeah. The Nuggets, and, like I said, I'm pretty sure I said this on our very last episode because I was arguing with Brady at work, who's our resident yeah. Nuggets fan, is the Nuggets are a good team. They just have a low ceiling. Mm-hmm. Well, the Suns are one of those teams that have a much higher ceiling and have a similar floor to what the Nuggets have. Yeah. So that's what you saw in this series was the Nuggets without Jamal Murray, and you're like, well, it's just one piece. They have other guys, and they have the MVP. Which they do. But- Jamal Murray is a pretty darn big piece. I think anybody that watches or covers the NBA would argue and say, yeah, he's a gigantic piece, and he's a one of those guys you'd love to have on your team in a playoff run. He is their bucket getter. Yeah. As much as Jokic is good at scoring, he's wait. He's a great passer. He's an offensive he's, facilitator. He's, yeah, he's what makes their offense goes. And then Jamal Murray is the one who goes and gets the points. If you're down you one him. with a minute, mm-hmm. you want the ball in Jamal Murray's hands and yeah. running the pick and roll with Jokic. Exactly. So the Suns swept them, and I said it on on Friday show or Saturday show, whenever that came out. Um, the Suns are playing the best basketball of anybody left in the playoffs right now. That can change, but they're playing great basketball because of their, we'll just call it a three-headed monster, because mm-hmm. Devin Booker, bucket getter, mm-hmm. DeAndre Ayton, true big man, true, excuse me, true big man, and then Chris Paul, facilitator. Mm-hmm. So it all works. Oh, that's my top-of-the-hill take I was right about also. I said Chris Paul would have 30 in a game before the playoffs ended. I did not look into that. I did not know how often he had scored 30. The very next He game. had 37 points in game four. The, very the most game. he'd scored in a game in three years. So can I see the future? <laughs> Who's to say? But, yeah, so Jokic got a flagrant two in the third quarter of yeah. game four, and he ended up being ejected for it. It was a flagrant two, and he was ejected after he didn't get a call, and then there was a rebound, and he went. He, like, you could tell watching it. It was just Mm -hmm. a frustration foul. Yeah, you could see on his face. And he, like, went to try to, like, swipe the ball from Cameron Payne, and Cameron Payne did a heck of an acting job. He did hit him, though. He did, no. He definitely did hit him. He hit the ball, too. He hit his face first. He did hit him. But but Payne pulled one out out one of those soccer, like, mm -hmm. uh, you got to sell it. And I, hey... He did the same thing you, that LeBron and got, Chris you, Paul did in that in what was it game two? Oh my god! First, oh my uh, god! Round. Yeah, you got to do what works. So he sold it, but he was on the ground for like five but minutes. I thought that's, he was really hurt. that's the one thing I will say about Jokic is he he gets too hot headed at some he points, let, and he takes his frustration out as on, the MVP. Yeah, with all the eyes on you, that can be detrimental to your team, and it was in that moment because he got mm-hmm. ejected. Should he have been ejected? Yeah. Probably not in an elimination game in front of your home crowd after just giving him the league MVP. Give him a tech. Give him a yeah. flagrant one. Don't kick him out of the entire game. I agree. Because 
that game was still in the balance. Exactly. The Suns were winning, but it was not over. And, and so the Nuggets only lost by like what five? I think six, they ended seven. up. I think they ended up. I think it was like losing. seven. I think they lost by seven. But yeah, that's the it was thing. Like, to if you have Jokic in there, they probably win that game. It's much much closer. It's definitely closer. It's much yeah. much closer. And so the Suns are the first team to move on to the conference finals after just missing the playoffs last year. Eight zero in the bubble, just missed the playoffs. Back in the playoffs now, great point guard play. Are they the team to beat? Yeah. They well, have to be, right? Without Kyrie and Harden on the Nets, yeah. They have to be. I think without if Kyrie and Harden don't play the rest of the the um playoffs, then the Suns are for sure the clear cut favorites. Yeah, I think so. So let's they talk about let's talk about the Western Conference Finals right now. Obviously the Suns or excuse me, the Jazz and the Clippers, Clippers are still, still playing out their series, but who matches up against the Suns better in your mind? I would say I would say the Jazz because if you think about the Suns' top three players, it's Chris Paul, Donovan Mitchell, and DeAndre Ayton. And then for the Jazz... Devin Booker. Devin Booker. Who else? Donovan Mitchell. Okay, yeah. I meant Devin Booker. And then the Jazz have Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. So that's two matchups right there because you get Devin Booker and Mitchell on each other. And then you have Ayton and Gobert. And then you have... Uh, is Mike Conley hurt or is he playing? He, I thought he was I think he didn't bit. play in game four. He didn't play yeah, last okay. night. But if he's healthy, you have Mike Conley against Chris Paul. Okay. Which they're kind of the same player, too. Like, Mike Conley, he still Arguably. can score. Arguably. Same with Chris Paul, but that, that's not their strong suit. Arguably. Yeah. So, I think they, they have the much better matchup. Okay, opinion. yeah. Well, so, I was, I'm trying to argue the other side for it. I'll say the, I'll take the Clippers. And you think about it, well, Kawhi could guard Devin Booker. Mm-hmm. Uh, Zubox could guard. Is that who starts Zubox. at center? Yeah, um, I think, I think it's like so. I think yeah, Zubox. I think so. Unless they have Serge Laker. starting, Serge Ibaka. So okay, so you have somebody oh, yeah. that can go down there and bang with DeAndre Ayton yeah. and at least give him a fight. So then, are you putting Paul George on Chris Paul? I don't think so. You're probably no. putting Patrick Beverly on Chris Paul. Yeah, give him headaches. Sure. So yeah. that gives you another wing defender to throw out there. So it's really just it would create. You're right. If the Jazz and the Suns face off, you can see who's guarding who the and play, where, yeah, the, where the matchups are. are. Very easy. To if compare, the Suns yeah. go against the Nuggets. Or, Oh my goodness! The if the Suns go against the Clippers, you have to it's, do some it's rotating. modern wings. The modern mm-hmm. wing style of basketball versus more of the old school guard, dominant and guard play. and center yeah. play. Exactly. So both of them sound like they would be awesome series. Yeah, I for mean, sure. craziness! The best team in LA, the Los Angeles Clippers. That just hurt my soul a little bit to say that right now, but it's true. Hey, it's true. So we'll just we'll sit and wait on that, and maybe by Friday's show. We'll have more answers for who the Suns are going to match up against. But this it's starting to get to my favorite point in the NBA playoffs because the NBA playoffs themselves are a marathon. Yeah. And it's getting to the point where – um, how do I want to phrase this? It's getting to the point where, like, results are starting to yeah. get more and more important and you're getting closer to the end, and it's just so cool. And it's easier to buy in and get hype about all the teams when there's – eight teams to go around versus when they're 16 because it's just so much of an overload. So we'll mm-hmm. get to four. It's just like the Elite Eight. Exactly. In college exactly. We'll get to four, yep. and it'll be crazy, and it'll be great. But that about does it for the NBA playoffs talk we have. We wanted, uh, I cannot speak today. <laughs> we want to roll out a new segment we have, and we're calling it Where's That Guy? And we think we picked a pretty good Where's That Guy for our first one. You're not that guy, pal. Trust me. You're not that guy. Okay. Are you? Absolutely. All righty. New segment. It's called Where's That Guy? And we could not have picked a better 
first person to do Where's That Guy for. Today we're going to be talking about Nick Swaggy P. Young, <laughs> famous NBA basketball player, famous for the clout just as much as he's famous for being a hooper. Back in his day, he was what you would call a bucket getter. Yes, sir. But his most famous play that everybody would know is the, it's become a viral gif. Like, he shot, a, it was when he played for the Lakers, mm-hmm. and he shot a three, right? Turned around, started celebrating the three, rattled out, did not go in. He, like, turned around, and he was yeah, like, Yeah, he turned around, he was, he was so like, celebrating his yeah. three. But anyway, where's that guy? He last played in the NBA with Denver in 2018. He played, he was there for 20 days. He signed on December 10th, 2018. End of the first semester of college. That's how long ago that was, like, for us. Like, we're going into our senior year. End of the first semester of college. He signed with the Denver Nuggets and was waived 20 days later. He played in four games. He then spent a little stint in China where he played with the or at least he signed I'm not even I'm not even going to try to pronounce I have to though right <laughs> No okay he played in the Chinese Basketball Association for it looks like the Shenzhen Lions Oh okay I probably that, butchered I that I think that's where um Jeremy Lin plays right now right Maybe I think I I'm going to look them up real quick Wait it's either him or it's um what's his name Oh my god Okay, but the rumor right now about, like, all the players that are, like, playing bad in the NBA, like, they're going to tear it up for the Shanghai Sharks next <laughs> Yeah, it's so funny. That is the funniest Have thing. Have you seen the Kyle Kuzma ones? Oh, my God, he's going to go <laughs> crazy for the Shanghai It's like a Sharks picture of year. MJ. It's like Kyle Kuzma in the Chinese League. Um, I don't see uh, Jeremy Lin on this roster. Maybe it was on... Um, uh, do you know who Kay Felder is? Uh, he played in... He played very briefly. Wait, I feel like, in where NBA. did... Um, where, where is... Um, so we can do that. Another it doesn't time. matter. Back to Nick Young, Swaggy yeah. P. He is just announced. This was as of, shoot, I keep losing my notes on it. All right, this was announced earlier. This was in April. 12-year NBA veteran shooting guard Nick Young is returning to the hardwood. He inked a contract with the enemies for the 2021 Big Three season, according to Mark Spears of the Undefeated. He'll serve as the new team captain for the enemies per a big three press release. So if you don't know what the big three is, it came to fruition probably three, ago. four years yeah. ago at this point. It was started by Ice Cube and an, another guy, but Ice Cube is like the big headliner mm-hmm. name you would know. And it's just three-on-three basketball with like former pros and yeah. like dudes that can hoop basically. Mm-hmm. So he's going to join that team, and it's how nice way to stay relevant for Nick Young, and I feel like he'll be – not must-see TV, because I, I can't say that the Big Three is ever necessarily must-see yeah. TV, but if he does crazy stuff, it'll go crazy on Twitter. And I just, he's always been, like, perplexing and entertaining. He had a very lengthy NBA career. He played, well, he played at USC first, right? And then he played, he got drafted by the Wizards, played five years, five years in Washington, and then spent a year with the Clippers before he went to Philly, then spent four years with the Lakers at the end of Kobe's career, and, like, Kind of bridge the gap, I guess. His last year was 2016-17. Was that Kobe's last year or was it 2015-16? It was... Not good Lakers 20, fan by me. Yeah, right? 2015-2016 because that was the year that the Warriors won 73-9. and nine. Yeah. So, so. so he played the year after with the Lakers after Kobe retired, and then he spent a year with Golden State where he won a ring, yeah, got right. his ring, and then he spent that time with Denver. So mm-hmm. <laughs> one of the more comedic players of the NBA over the last yeah. 20 years, his most viral moment in NBA history was probably not even something on the court for him. It's when D'Angelo Russell, like, when he was, oh, Nick yeah, Young, do you remember fan. when he was dating Iggy Azalea? 
Oh, okay. Yeah, and like, wait, was that the phone situation? Yeah, like, like, yeah, phone or something. Yeah, no, um, no, something that was weird. the commercial. That was the Foot Locker commercial no, no. that came out. Oh, uh, well, there was something so, in the locker room. That yeah, D'Angelo Russell, like, and I'm gonna butcher this story because I don't have it pulled up in front yeah. of me. But he like recorded something yeah, of Nick right. Young, or like yeah. recorded it, and it was basically like Nick Young. I, I can't remember. If it was saying like him basically admitting to like having cheated on Iggy Azalea mm-hmm. or have done basically done something that would get him in hot water with his girl and D'Angelo Russell was like he was either a rookie or a second year guy so he was young like yeah. 19, 20, 21 years old and got in huge trouble and that kind of blew up the team's chemistry that year but so yeah he's coming back to the big three Nick Young where's that guy that's where that guy <laughs> is he's going to be playing for the enemies of the big three basketball league just what is what is your impression of Nick Young I don't know. I just every time I think about him, I think about that that shot. That shot. Yeah, you can't forget. Was he it. the same one? I think it was him that said he doesn't have any tattoos on his right arm because he has ice in his veins. No, or that's, is that some, or that's is that, D'Angelo Russell. Okay, that was D'Lo. I didn't know if it was him or um, Swaggy P, but regardless, swaggy P. if you got a nickname swaggy like Swaggy P, you gotta be Swaggy Bucket Getter, Swaggy P. <laughs> Where's that guy? He's gonna be in the big three. Keep your eyes out for that. Let's wrap up our show. Let's talk some other sports news. The NHL playoffs are in full swing. I'm not going to sit here for a minute and pretend to be an NHL guy. I do vaguely know what's going on, mm-hmm. but I don't follow it day in and day out. They're in the semifinal playoffs right now yep. as far as that. They're basically, their playoff format, it follows the same time of the year that the NBA does almost. Their seasons yeah, are almost identical yeah. in like time span. So the, the Stanley Cup semifinals kicked off on Sunday, and the New York Islanders took on the Tampa Bay Lightning. Lightning, the favorite, pretty much to come out of the east side of the bracket, and I guess it would be the it has to be the east, right? Yeah, yeah. So they're favorite to come out of the east side of the bracket, but the yeah, Islanders like actually knocked off the Lightning yeah. two to one. And what I've heard just from various like takes around the sports world is that the Islanders and the Bruins were playing right, mm-hmm. Boston and New York, and then the island the Islanders ended up taking down the Bruins. But the thing that I ke- had kept hearing was that it didn't matter; the Lightning was just gonna basically wash whoever yeah. they played. Islanders win game one. Mm-hmm. I'm a Cavs guy because they're the local team. You you support your local team when you don't have a really Favorite have a dog team, in the fight. Yeah. Exactly. So the Islanders are being coached by the same coach that won the cup with the Cavs in mm-hmm. 2018. Barry Trotz, I believe his name yeah. is. So it would be cool to see the Islanders mm-hmm. do it because I don't know. It's something about sports being good in New York that it just makes for great entertainment, entertainment if that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. Like, just, like, for example, the Knicks being back this year. That was exactly, so crazy yeah. and one of the best stories in the entire Even if NBA. you don't have a good feel, even if you don't support the Knicks, every, you know. Well, just you, just think it. about if it's the Jets good. went, like, exactly like 10 and 17 games this year. Let's say they went 11 yeah. and 6. Yeah. New York would be going crazy, or the Giants went 11 and 6 this year. New mm, York would be going crazy. Not for me, I would hate that. Okay, but, you but, would yeah. hate that, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah, I know. New York, it's good for sports. It's, you don't want to call them fair weather fans because it's just almost like if they're not good in the New York media, like of course they're gonna get they're trashed. Bad, yeah. But it's just like it's a whole different vibe about things when yeah. New York teams are good. So it's cool to see the Islanders do well and they're gonna take on the Lightning. And I don't know, we could get back on Friday and they could be down two one. I don't know mm-hmm. when their games are exactly. Uh, the, it's every they two play days. Again tonight. So they play again yeah. tonight. So they could tie up at one one. It could be two zero Islanders. Yep. Who's to say? On the other side of the bracket, the Vegas Golden Knights took on the Montreal Canadiens. They defeated them 4-1. to one. Mm-hmm. So if if you don't understand, is this what I've gathered, is this year because of COVID policies that were in effect when the season started, all the Canadian teams pretty much just played each other 
they like gr- they like regrouped everybody who was playing by region just like exactly the, the um like college hoops exactly so they all played each other and so the Canadians were the ones that came out of like the Canada bracket yeah. I guess you would say and so they're taking on the Vegas Golden Knights who they were an expansion team in 2018 and they've been in the playoffs are they really yeah I'm pretty sure. Jeez. Yeah, I'm pretty sure the year they played the Caps was their first year in the league. They lost to the Caps. And they're favored to win at all this year. Yeah, they're too. they're a good team. That's crazy. And so Vegas is another one of those towns where they don't have a lot of sports teams right now. They but, got the Raiders yeah. and they have the Knights. But another the, place where when teams are good, uh, things go crazy. Yeah. So they are currently the favorite to win it all with plus 250 odds. No, minus 135. Minus 135. Light, I'm sorry, Lightning, the Lightning have yeah. the 250 odds. I read that wrong. Yeah. So I'm not... I'm not that deep into the world of sports uh, betting. Can you kind of explain what that means to me? What is one minus one thirty five? Is that feeling good? If you're a well, Golden Knights fan. Oh yeah. Well, I mean that means they're they're their clear cut favorite to to win it all. And then yeah. So basically, whenever you have minus odds, that means that you're always going to be the favorite. So basically, think about it this way: if if the Chiefs are playing. Who was the worst team? The Jaguars last year. The Chiefs are going to have like minus 1,500 odds to win that game because obviously everyone knows that they're going to win. So you're going to have to bet a lot more to, to win, win money. any money. Yeah. yeah, that's how it works with betting. So, yeah, so that's going to be but, that's gonna be crazy. And hockey is just hockey is just an electric sport. Yeah. I don't watch it on TV a lot, but when I do, it's, I it's always just electric. The, yeah, oh my the, god. The replays so, of fights, that's crazy. For me, I at least compare hockey a little bit to lacrosse because that's what I played and that's yeah. what I know like growing up. And they're similar, just hockey's Somewhat, on the yeah. ground, on the ice, mm-hmm. with the puck on the ground, and then lacrosse is through the air with the ball on the stick. My phone is blowing up. All my parents are calling me right now, but it doesn't matter. So yeah, hockey playoffs are going to be great, and hopefully we're seeing... It would be cool to see Islanders play the Golden Knights. Yeah, that would I be agree. a cool thing to yeah. see. Let's Let's wrap up. Let's talk some football news. There's another Manning coming through the uh, pipeline. I don't know why I whispered that. But, yeah, Arch Manning, the nephews of former NFL QBs Peyton and Eli, son of Cooper Manning. The forgotten Manning. Pretty much. Pretty much. He didn't He didn't end up going on to the NFL. And have you heard the, like, rumors in the past about Cooper Manning that he was the best out of the three of them? No, I've not. Oh, my God. You got to go down that wormhole one oh day. Oh, my God. I think he got hurt. In college or in high school or something, and so like he just didn't pan out. Hmm. I could be totally wrong about that. That's not yeah. good journalism work hey, on at me. Least but he produced a song. anyway, his son Arch is yeah. getting all these looks, and of course, like the name helps dramatically. But he, he is good. He's good. He. I saw a video of him at a Clemson. Must have been just like a Clemson was, yeah, camp. Visit. Yeah, Clemson camp. visit camp, and just throwing Launched dots. Forty five. Yeah, throwing dots. Well, I told you earlier today. I remember a couple years ago. So I believe he's a junior in high school right now. But when he was in eighth grade. I don't know how this worked out, like, because I'm pretty sure, I don't know if it's only allowed in certain states, but basically, even though he was in eighth grade middle school, he was able to start for his high school varsity's football team, and he, like, went off. I don't know if he played the whole season or what, but I'm pretty sure in that one game, he threw, like, four touchdowns and zero picks. I mean, we're talking about guys that are four or five years older than him, and he's just torching him on the field so he's a junior now and i think about this all the time because i just thought about like when i was younger like growing up how crazy it would be to see yourself i always wondered how like athletes thought about them seeing themselves get talked about on like sports center and yeah. stuff like that could you imagine just In going to going to english class and it's yeah. like one of your friends is like did you see this 10 minute thing sports center <laughs> did on you last night yeah he is 
out to probably be one of the most hyped up prospects the entire way of his college career. Since I don't know who, probably Trevor Lawrence, because Trevor Lawrence was hyped up from the very moment he stepped onto Clemson. For good reason. Great yeah, play. Not coming but, in so much, but yeah, once he got on the field, yeah. So Arch Manning. But, he I mean, could, if he goes to Clemson. Just imagine if Arch Manning comes in and is better than Peyton. That would Eli be ever were because Eli be like you're not ever gonna say Eli was necessarily better than Peyton, but he did no. win two Super Bowls. He, yeah, he has. So one he has more. his own piece of oh, history. Oh no, they, they're, they're the tied, same. Actually, yeah, yeah. But so imagine if Arch just comes in and so he's a junior now. So you're thinking four or five years till you would see him anywhere near in an the NFL, NFL field. Yeah. So Mahomes will be like ten years in at that point mm-hmm. almost. So he could become he could come in on the new wave basically. Yeah. And what if he just? It would be so crazy to be able to like tell like you're. Five years from now, we'll be, like, late 20s. So, basically, like, twenties, your kid 20 years from now being, like, pulling up Arch Manning. Yeah, right. Like, Son, like, let me dude. tell you, I got yeah. something for you. I watched his, his uncles tear yeah. up the league my whole childhood. But if you think about it, he's perfectly set up for success. I mean, if your two uncles are Peyton and Eli, and then if his dad, Cooper, was as good as you, you uh, just said he was, like, I mean, from what I've heard, he literally has all the knowledge down. Like, he knows what plays to make and how to read coverages, like, perfectly well. And he's known that since, like, eighth grade. So if he's doing that that young, like, that just means he can progress so much further than the rookies that come into today's NFL. Like, even though Trevor is supposedly the best quarterback prospect to come into the league in year or since Andrew Luck, and he might, and a lot of people said he's better, like, he's still going to have those rookie flaws where he messes up a coverage because... NFL defenses, they're just so much faster and able to disguise so many more defensive coverages than the, you know, than college. So if he can come in with that knowledge already, it's just, like, absurd. All I'm going to say is these pros nowadays are lucky that I broke my arm the year that I played football oh in eighth grade because I would be— Mr. Byerly was packing. I would be lighting up the league right now. South Paul game, what can <laughs> I say? So they're just lucky that I never got to reach my true potential as a yeah. quarterback because I had a broken right arm. <laughs> Okay, let's (laughs) Okay, so right before we started recording today uh, Matt Nagy came out and said something about Justin Fields Do you want to tell me what he said? Yeah, so basically he told Chris Collinsworth That there is no possible scenario That Justin Fields is the starting quarterback week one He said that Andy Dalton is our starter Justin is our number two And we are going to stick with this plan You, You just got to trust the plan So what do you think about that? Because in my opinion, like they traded up for him too, right? Yeah, they traded up yeah. a couple picks. So it's like you want him to sit and learn, but at the same time, you have the pieces around him where he can be successful. So if he goes, like, I just don't see the point in saying that he's not your number one right now. Say that it's a it's a tight contest. It's an open competition. You still have what three? We have three months until week one kicks off. So how do you not know that from now and then Things Justin Fields is the clear-cut best quarterback on your roster? Yeah, that's a good point. What I will say is that ever since Mahomes got drafted and sat that year behind Alex Smith, that's become almost like the new norm if you can get it for a QB, is you want him to sit and learn. And But the problem is is Alex Smith was a very capable quarterback when Mahomes sat on the bench behind him for a year. And also Mahomes... As hard as it is to believe, he was very raw coming into the NFL. He put up all these records in college and stuff, 
but he was still a very the, raw quarterback. He played in the air raid offense. Yeah. You would expect him to put up yeah. numbers. Like, he was very raw. So, like, in Trey Lance's situation, I think it's perfect for let, to let him sit. Not that Jimmy Garoppolo is... Eh, he's basically the same quarterback that Alex Smith was when he was on the Chiefs. So, like, hmm. I think it's a perfect scenario right now for Trey Lance to sit behind Jimmy G if he can stay healthy and then throw him in next year when he has all that knowledge, you know? But in in the Chicago Bears scenario, I just don't think Andy Dalton is the guy you want Justin Fields sitting behind. If he's if he if you think he can play right now, yeah, no, that's a good point. And the problem for Chicago is like they've been itching for elite exactly. QB yes, play. So exactly. the thing is, is if you go through with this and Andy Dalton is your Week One starter exactly. and he has a terrible outing, yeah. the calls for Fields are going to be louder exactly. than anything. So I don't know. And like you said, there's still three months, so a lot can change. And I think you can only take you can only take coach speak so far. Yeah, is another thing. I mean, yeah, exactly. I think, I think Matt Nagy is honestly just like trying not to rush it because I think he knows that if they don't make the playoffs, or I mean, they made the playoffs last year, but if they don't get good offensive play this year, then he's probably out, out of, of there. a job. You know, because yeah. he came on, he was offensive coordinator for the Chiefs, right? That's where that's how they signed him. I believe so. Yeah. So like, if your offense isn't your strong suit of your football team, and you came on as an offensive coordinator, or you came from an offensive coordinator position, like, what is that saying about your team or you? Tell me why Alex Smith is trending today. Yeah, he was the Kansas City offensive coordinator 2016-17 yeah. after being their QB coach from 2013. So it's to like, if their offense isn't good this year, then he's probably on his way out. He was coach of the year in 2018. Yeah. That was the year Mitch had a great year. So that makes sense. Exactly. And I think Fields is going to be – he has the potential to be – I don't know. I don't know if I want to say that because I forget Trevor Trevor Lawrence is in that draft too. I was going to say the most electric – one of the most electric Mm -hmm. rookie QBs come out. But he could be. Yeah. Because there was a time – and people forget this. There was a time when it was him and Lawrence, one and two, like – no doubt. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know what happened. And then we and we talked about this on an episode yeah. forever ago. He was just that. Guy. Every year, there's a guy that climbs way up draft boards and for a guy that falls. a reason that nobody can figure out, and a guy that falls for a reason that nobody can figure out. And I think it's because of all those videos, and I don't know because I didn't watch like every single play of every game. But there were a lot of times that he would only look at his first read. And then he's, like, screwed because the first read isn't open. And I don't know if that's a product of the Ohio State uh, system because, obviously, Dwayne Haskins didn't pan out. We'll forever hate that. But uh, <laughs> Dwayne yeah, Haskins. So that, I think Dwayne Haskins also hurt his uh, draft stock. By coming out? Yeah. No. No, I, I'm talking about, like, Dwayne Haskins play. Oh, hurt the, Fields draft stock? Yeah, it hurt the only Okay, the only thing I'll say about Dwayne Haskins is he delivered me such a heartbreaker my freshman year at college. Uh, with the Maryland, Maryland and Ohio yeah. State played into they double. They played them. into double OT, yeah. and Maryland went for two to win the game, and they lost, lost that one, way. Yeah. They lost by one point, and Haskins was the QB, and he was supposed to go to Maryland way back when when he did his commitment. Neither here nor there. That about does it for our show. The Chicago QB controversy is going to be fun, a fun one to watch throughout the summer, and we'll likely probably have an update for you here at some point on top of the hill. Let's wrap up. Let's do our top of the hill takes. I'm coming off. One in a week on top of the hill takes. I'm going to let you go first, though. Putting uh, you on the spot. Let me think. Um, I say that the Bucks win game five, but the Nets win the series. Okay. I'm going to say Harden plays in this series. I don't know if it's three games, if it's one game. He plays in this series and has at least a double-double oh. with points and assists. Okay. I'll say if he's, if he's on the floor and Kyrie's not, 
double double with points and assists. That does it for this week. I'm not even this week's. This episode of Top of the Hill. We'll be back Friday or Saturday. Keep your ears peeled for that. And thanks for all the listens along the way. That does it for us on Top of the Hill. Thank you.